Welcome to the Life Point Church Podcast. We hope this message blesses and inspires you to reach God's purpose for your life. So good to see you. God bless you. For those who don't know me, my name is Rich. I'm the lead pastor here at LifePoint. It's an incredible privilege to serve you in this really, really strange time in our world. And uh, we're live. We're here. So congratulations. You can pat yourself on the back and say, I made it today. Right? You did. Because there were a thousand other things that you could do in South Florida. But you said, I'm going to church, and it matters. It matters if you're here. It matters if you're not here. So thank you for being here. If it's your first time, let me just extend a special welcome. Uh, Join with Pastor Juan in welcoming you to this place. I'll spare you the figuring out process. We're just people, right? That means people will let you down. We let you down every time. God never lets you down, and he is the center of our focus here. Everything we do here is for him. It's for his glory, and when we do that, when we do that well, right, then other people get to enjoy that, right? And so you might come here and say, I didn't really like the worship, and we would say, that's okay, we weren't worshiping you. Right? We weren't worshiping you. We were worshiping him, right? And, um, you know, you might say, uh, you know, I didn't really like, uh, you know, the message that much. I didn't really like the pastor. That's all right. I'm doing it for the Lord. And uh, we say all this half joking, but halfway seriously. Everything we do here is for the Lord. But if it is your first time, just relax. I always tell people, just come back. Just come back like three times and you'll figure out who we really are. We're just regular people who love Jesus a whole lot. He is everything. We can't walk without him. We can't talk without him. Don't want to try, right? And so there's just this, this bunch of imperfect people, your brokenness and your brokenness and all the healing that happens from your brokenness when you give your life to Jesus comes together to, to make this beautiful mosaic, right? A beautiful mosaic of different cultures and different backgrounds and different languages and just beautifully comes together to become the church. And today is the day that we traditionally celebrate the birth of the church. I've heard it there. Yeah, somebody's excited about Pentecost Sunday. Now, for some of you, when I say Pentecost, you're like, oh, that's weird, right? Yeah. And we've been in a series, the Holy Spirit, and for some of you, the Holy Spirit, oh, that's weird, right? And as we said last week, we get a lot of people in our world who just say, like, I don't go to church. I don't, I don't really follow that, but I'm spiritual. And as I said last week, right, well, praise God, me too, right? In fact, we, we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. So if you're spiritual, why wouldn't you want God, the Holy Spirit, living inside of you, helping you to live your best life, right? I know it's all over social media, living my best life. Well, unless you're following the direction and the leading and the guidance and the filling of the Holy Spirit, you're not living your best life. God is not a way to your best life. He is your best life. Don't ever forget that. Sometimes you're like, I'm going to go to church so I can get to my best life. No, you just get God inside of you and let him run the show. That will be your best life. If you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn over to the book of Acts. While you're turning there, I want to give you quite a bit of history. We're going to give you some information today about the day of Pentecost, right, and the Holy Spirit and how that happened and the birth of the church, if you will, if you want to phrase it that way. And we're talking about the Holy Spirit himself and what that looks like. Maybe some gifts, but I think that'll be farther down the line 
And uh, I really want you to open up your heart to this because some of you have been given so much information in your life, that's all you're concerned about is information. And, and so what we do is we go to this place and they give us some information and then we go over to this place and they give us a little more, more information. I don't, I care about that. Doctrine is important. What we study, how we study is important. But I also care about transformation. And here's what I believe about our church. God has been unpacking this for me and he's just sent me some resources out of nowhere. I shared it with the staff on Monday. The reason I believe our church is growing is because people are, are hungry for transformation. They've been given a lot of information. You can go on your smartphone and get more information than you can ever read in your life. But that information without the touch of God in your heart and in your life won't transform your life. You need him working inside of you. So we have a whole bunch of people who know about God, about the Holy Spirit, but they don't know him. I want to know him. I want to know him and everything that comes with it. Paul said, I want to know him in the fellowship of his suffering, right? We've talked about this before. Nobody wants to sign up for that, for the suffering part. But I want to know him in the fellowship of suffering. I want to know him in the good days. I want to know him in the good days. I want to know when my life is going well. And I want to know him deeper when my life isn't going so well, when things are coming against me. I just want to know him. I want you to know him, and I want everybody out there that doesn't even know that there's a God yet to know him. And that's why it's important for us to be living with the Holy Spirit in full operation in our lives. So every time I walk into a room, right, when I speak, it's the Holy Spirit words. It's not only my words. It's something so real that has to happen inside of us, right? The Holy Spirit. Who's the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is a person. Sometimes we, people, I hear people call him an it, He's called he in scripture, right? It's a, he's a person, right? He's the third person of the Trinity, as we said last week, just kind of recapping the last couple weeks for everybody. It's really hard for us to grasp the idea that there's one God, three persons, namely the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We need all of them and all of their roles working, and we need the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. And, and we've said this over the past couple weeks, that the Holy Spirit is a person, and he convicts the world of his sin. Last week, we said that he is concerned. He's concerned. Right? He's concerned about sin, he's concerned about righteousness, and he's concerned about coming judgment. And I ask you all to raise your hands. I'm not going to do it again today to say, do you believe he's coming back? I believe he's coming back. I believe most of you believe he's coming back. So if you believe that he's coming back, why would we not want to live in, in total obedience, total sacrifice to him in every way? I'm talking about words, action, deeds. We're doing the word of God every single day. We need this because the Holy Spirit is the one who convicts of this. I don't believe, it is taught by some, I don't believe that the, the Holy Spirit has ceased to move. I don't believe that. I believe he's moving in full, in full ways that, that most of us has not even understand what we're going to experience in the next season. I believe that he functions in the lives of believers, and he did it after the ascension of Jesus, and he's doing it now. I totally believe that. Pentecostal, where penta means five, right? The Pentagon is a five-sided building. Pentecost actually means 50 days after Easter, not direct means that, but that's what it was named for 50 days after Easter. After Jesus rose from the dead, he went around for 40 days and he showed himself to people, letting everybody know that he was alive and well and that it wasn't just some blip somewhere that they stole his body and did something with it. No, he was very much alive and well. And then he, the disciples were told by him that they should go and they should wait it's way waiting is hard for us. Most of you don't want to wait. You don't want to wait on anything. 
We're, we're a lustful generation. Lust just means I want it now. It's not only sexual. Lust means I want it now. I want my food faster. I want it hotter. I don't want to wait for anything. I want my internet speed popping, right? How many of you upgraded to the fastest internet speed? Anybody out there? I don't want to wait. I want things now. I want them instantaneous, instantaneous gratification. But if you know something about delayed gratification, you know that that is important, right? That works in many, many areas, right? If you want to retire someday, you should take some of what you're making and put it into retirement. (laughs) If you spend everything now, man, that feels good. That feels wonderful. But one day when you're 75 years old, you're like, my body is broken. I don't want to work anymore. But I just really liked eating out when I was in my 20s, right? That's the truth. You've got to delay gratification. One day I hope to sit on the Front porch and drink coffee and talk to the Lord. That's one day I want to do that. If he allows that, if not, then we'll just keep preaching all day long every day, and that'll be all right too, right? But this 50 days after Easter, the, the, the disciples were told to go somewhere, and we're going to see this in Scripture. And, and, and when we begin to unpack this, the fact is a lot of people don't understand it, but the truth is a lot of people don't want to understand it because of that. Just that in itself, and maybe you've got a ton of baggage, welcome to the club. If you want to match Pentecostal church stories, I'll be happy to do that with you. I'm pretty sure I can match all of your stories. I was born, raised, we used to have church in southern Missouri with a tabernacle in the middle of summer where they would come down and scare people, including myself, half to death. You think I'm joking. I'm totally serious, right? I am 100% serious about this. And, and, and so what we think is like, okay, the Holy Spirit is weird. And, and I said to you from the very first week, the Holy Spirit is not weird. People are weird. <laughs> People are weird, right? And we've made it weird, and it doesn't have to be weird. And it's, He's all over Scripture from the beginning. We look at Scripture holistically. We don't just take one, one verse and be like, oh, this, wor- this verse is awesome. Right? I can do all things through Christ into a verse taken out of context. Right? We, can, we can just take this and manipulate and make it work for us, but it, it doesn't work like that. And one thing that we can't do is we can't shrink this truth that the Holy Spirit came and empowered the disciples and that he's here for us. The promise came for us. We can't just shrink it to this, this individual experience that, hey, man, I want to come here and I want to experience everything that God has for me. And it's all about me and it's all about me and it's all about me and give me me, 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 me. And we do that. And he did come for you. And he did come especially for us. But he came for the church. And so the question is, are you spirit-filled or not? Or are you Pentecostal? Just that term alone brings up so much baggage for you. But it shouldn't because we're not talking about denominations here. We're talking about scripture. And we're talking about promise. And my prayer is that you all experience everything that God has for you. I thank God. I don't want to do life without help. Right? Help just makes it better. So what is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? He's a helper. Right? He's a guide. He's, he's one who walks alongside of us and is prompting, is working inside of us and working through us. Here's what, when I think about Pentecost, or the day of Pentecost, or being spirit-filled, here's what I think about. Pentecost is a reminder of God's promise, and his promise was, I'm always with you. 
That feels good. Because <laughs> some of you have felt very alone in this last season. We talked about that last week. Some of you have felt horribly alone, but you've never been alone because God said, I'll never leave you, forsake you. That's his promise. And some of you, some of you are ready for supernatural things. You're ready for healing. And, and some of you don't want that. That's the truth. You just don't want it. You're like, I, I'd rather just come and just give me a little bit of feel-good information. We're not here for that. We're here to give you the truth of Scripture. Acts chapter 1. Let me read some verses to you, and then we're going to jump over to Acts chapter 2. This is the promise of the Holy Spirit. It says, in my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instruction through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive, and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. We always talk about kingdom. Everything is kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these other things will be added unto you. Kingdom. Kingdom. This is about how is God going to get the glory? How is the kingdom going to be expanded? You should approach everything in your life like that. How you work, how you drive, how you talk, how you eat. Everything should be about kingdom, because Jesus was all about his kingdom. Verse 4 says, once he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends the gift he promised, as I told you before. Now, we just unpacked John 14, 15, and 16 last week, and we talked about that considering, but, but God was, uh, Jesus was saying, Jesus was saying, I'm, I'm leaving, right? I've, I've got to go. I know you guys are comfortable with me. I know you're very, very comfortable with me. I must go, and it's actually going to be better for you if I go. But they didn't really believe that because they didn't understand it. Same situation we're in today. So we're like, I'm telling you, you need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, as we'll see in just a minute. And you go like, yeah, but I don't really want it because I don't understand it. Most of you don't understand how car engines work. Some of you do. Ricky does. He understands that. <laughs> but, but most of us don't understand that but we still want it to work, right? I don't understand why the electrical currents do this when I flip the switch, but I still want it, right? Last week, the AC went out on this place. I don't know why. It just happens. It happens a whole lot at church. I was talking to, to Jimmy Mercer about that. I was like, it's weird. I, I seldom have these problems in my house, but I just think the devil doesn't want us to be cool inside of the church, right? And it's all right because we're going to heat it up anyway with the Holy Spirit. So. <laughs> He said, I'm going to send you this gift. It's a promise. It's a promise. God always fulfills his promises, right? And so my question from the onset for you today is, what are you waiting for? And I'll unpack that in just a little while, but just hold on to that. And I really want you to just open up your hearts today. So before we go any further, let's just pray. Father, we need you. God, we need your guidance. We need your direction. Holy Spirit, touch our hearts and minds today. In a supernatural way, God, help us to understand how good you are. It is your goodness that brings us to repentance. It changes our directions. It transforms our lives. So we just grab a hold of your goodness today. We grab a hold of you today, God. We want everything that you have for us. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Verse 5 says, John baptized. He's talking about John the Baptist, the one who baptized Jesus. He was the cousin of Jesus. He went before him. He was considered the forerunner or the pre-runner out there sharing the gospel before people even knew Jesus, right? As he's 
walking by one day. Jesus is walking by. John's like, there he is, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the same John the Baptist here that he was baptizing people with water. But in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore your kingdom? Restore our kingdom. They like to lump themselves in with him when they're talking about the kingdom being expanded. When it was time for him to die, they weren't like, they were like, it's not ours. It's not me, right? We're like that sometimes when things are going well. It's like, look what we did, right? When things are going bad, we're like, they were in charge. They were in charge. I was just here for it. I don't, I don't know what that is, right? Verse 7 says, he replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. Man, I want to know. <laughs> the problem is if we know, it changes how we act. Right? I've described this several times to you guys in the past. Everybody wants this giant beam of light shining down your path of life. And what that, that, that beam of light, that what they, we want, we want it to expose every trap, every snare, right? Every pit that we might fall in. Every good thing, because we see the good things, of course, we're going there, right? But who knows if it's really good if it comes from the world. Sometimes that stuff is a trap. You got to be careful. What we need is to be led by God. We need to be led by the Holy Spirit every step. And as we move towards him, and as we step toward him and say, Jesus, this is your life. Holy Spirit, run the show. I step to him, and I trust that he has my best interest in heart. And he always does. As I said last week, you gotta, sometimes you got to give up this for, for God. You're like, I don't want to give it up. But what we understand is that God is always better. And here's what he said when you're going to, I want you to go there. I want you to wait. And here's what's going to happen to you. One of, probably my most quoted verse that I use. I use it almost every week because I absolutely believe that we need it. It is necessary for us. You should memorize it. And you should say it to yourself every single day. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem and throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. But you will receive power. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands this morning, but my guess is a bunch of you are sitting out there and you don't feel powerful. You feel like you're getting absolute smashed by life. Absolutely crushed. People are against you. They're talking about you. Your boss hates you. He's running you down. Your car doesn't work. Your roof is leaking. Your spouse is, could be better looking. You know what I mean? They could pick up after themselves. It's just, just running. This, this list of things constantly running down. They're like, man, I don't have anything going for me. Well, listen, if you are a child of God, you have everything going for you, right? If you have the Holy Spirit working inside of you, things don't have to be perfect because he is perfect. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You will receive power after that. If you will wait. For the promise. If you will wait and you will let him fill you. It's hard to be filled with God. It's hard to be filled with the Holy Spirit when we're filled up with garbage. Seriously. And we come and we love, like most of us love the, love the worship here, right? We love, and it's so great. We should just keep on going with worship. And, and yes, sometimes... But the reason you love to worship so much here, and I said this a couple weeks ago, is because it's the only time you worship during the week. 
It's the only time. And so you're like, can we play this song? Can you do that song? I'm like, my goodness, you have all day, every day to listen to that song in your car. If you want to listen to choirs, listen to choirs. If you want to listen to gospel, listen to gospel. If you want to listen to some punk Christian metal, listen to it. I don't understand that. <laughs> I'm too old for that. But <laughs> Pastor Juan is like, like, can't you hear they're talking about Jesus? I don't know what they're saying. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Listen to this, right? He says you're going to receive power because you've got to do something. When you receive the power, you've got to do something with the power. You know when you're like in a hurricane, somebody's got access to power and they're stingy with it? You know what I'm talking about? Like, can I charge my phone? You're like, oh, I'm only on 83%. You're like, sucker. I'm running on 4%. I need to call my wife. She needs to know that I'm okay, right? I don't want to be stingy with the power. We got the power. We want to share the power with everybody, right? Listen to this. If you are living without power, right, mm, you probably won't tell anybody about Jesus. You might. I guess guess we'll have to get into a debate about what that power looks like and what that power is and how it affects you in your life. Because some people think, well, if you've got the Holy Spirit, you've got to speak in tongues. I'm not only talking about speaking in tongues today. I'm talking about being spirit-filled and operating under the gifts and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. That's what I'm talking about. But, man, my goodness, you better tell somebody. We, just, we have just said the last three weeks, do you believe he's coming back? I believe he's coming back. Do I understand everything about it? Of course I don't understand everything about it. I just trust that what he said is true. I've experienced everything that he said in my life. When I walk in obedience, I'm experiencing his promise. I'm experiencing his peace, his hope, his truth in life. And so when he says, I'm coming back, I got to believe that he's coming back. And as I step toward him, one day that's going to happen. I believe it's coming sooner than we think. And if I believe that, then my goodness, why wouldn't I tell everybody? I showed a video here probably four years ago on a Wednesday night from Penn Jillette. Right? He's, a, he's a famous magician. magician, Right? Penn and Teller is who they are. Penn and Teller are the guys, but Penn Jillette, I think is his name, he's considered to be a a genius IQ-wise, but he's missing something in his life. He's missing God because he's he's thinking too much, right? He can't get his mind around God, and therefore he has declared himself to be an atheist. But I watched this interview with him, and you can look it up online, and he talks about the time somebody came to one of his shows and said, hey, that was a great show, but have have you thought about Jesus? And the guy gave him a Bible, and the reason why it's interesting, because he's talking, this is afterwards, right? This is after this encounter later on. And, and Pendulet says what's interesting to him is that this guy gave it to him, and he actually respects the guy. Doesn't believe. He said, I still don't believe that there's a God. But here's what I understand is that if you believe there's a God, and if you believe that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and if you believe that he gave his son, right, so that we can have life and have it more abundantly... And we believe that Jesus is coming back and that one day there is going to be a judgment. And everybody who wants to go to heaven has access to it. And everybody who doesn't want to go to heaven can say, I don't want that. If you really believe that, Pendulet said, my goodness, why wouldn't you tell me? And he said it like this. If you, really, if you believed that a, a truck was barreling down and I was in the middle of the road and you believed, maybe I didn't believe, but you believed that truck was going to hit me, my goodness, wouldn't you push me out of the way? 
And he said this, and it haunted me. He said, how much do you have to hate somebody not to tell them about the love of Jesus? We'll get serious. He said, you will receive power after that. The Holy Spirit has come upon you, so you will tell somebody. You better tell somebody. You better tell them. You better get it out. And I know we're like, oh, man, I just don't feel equipped to do that. That's one of my job is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. So I'm telling you, here's what you need to tell them. Jesus loves you. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. You probably know the old song. That's enough. And then we get in, and I don't have all the answers to everything. I don't have everything figured out. But here's what I know is that Jesus loves me, and he loves you, right? If you want to re- memorize the Roman road to salvation, that would be a great place to start, right? A great place to start. But you better tell somebody, and it starts right here in your concentric circle. Where, where were they waiting? They were in Jerusalem. Why will why would it start over there? If they're going to be filled here, why would it jump over there? No, he said, you're going to be filled with power, right? And after that, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and then concentric circles. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the othermost part of the earth. So we say it like this here. You will receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Homestead, right? In Miami-Dade, right? In Florida, in the United States, in the uttermost part of the earth. That's what's going to happen here. And he says, um, and he's telling them Jesus had to ascend, right? After this saying this, he was taken into a cloud, right? They're on the mountaintop, and he's taken into a cloud. Jesus ascends, and they stand there looking at him. For time's sake, I'm going to jump ahead. They just stand there looking at the sky. I mentioned this last week. That's it? He's told them the whole time what's going to happen. And then when it happens, they're like, "Uh, well, listen, that's us. That's us. We're the disciples. We're not these disciples, but we're disciples of Jesus. And he's telling this, and and we think about this. And and, and so they they said, okay. And then it says that uh, an angel appeared and said, men of Galilee, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. What a great promise. What a great promise is what we said. He's coming back. He's coming back. And so where do they go? They go to Jerusalem like they were told. They needed the nudging of an angel after being told by Jesus. And why did they go there? They were there to wait like he had told them to. Acts chapter 2. Real quick. Let's get into this. Acts chapter 2. They're waiting. Remember, 50 days. 50 days. Jesus had been there for 40. They go there, and it's, it's around 10 days that they're there praying. Some of you think because you did this, that God should change all of your problems. <laughs> but I did the sign of the cross. I should be filled with power to do everything, right? Listen, there's, there's got to be a dedication in your life. There needs to be some discipline in your life. You need a life of prayer, not a moment of prayer, not a morning of prayer. You need a life of prayer because without, without prayer, nothing great ever happened. No, no great revival ever started. Just out of, it always started with prayer and seeking God. And so we see this, and, and I, I, I wonder, I wonder how many of us would stay here for 10 days seeking God. Saying, God, what do you want from me? What do you want from us? We are here. We are waiting. We're not great waiters, right? Again, 
Pentecost is not about one person. It's about our unity. And something happens when we are together. And it says that on the day of Pentecost and all the believers were meeting together in one place. I love the togetherness, right? Because being unified further opens our hearts to receive the promises of God. I was in here this morning praying. Pastor Victor and I and a young man walked in. It was his first time coming to early morning prayer. And he walked in and I immediately felt strengthened. Why is that? Partly was emotional, right? Emotions are real. We just don't let them run the show. But it was part of it. And then, and then my friend Claude comes in. And, and then a few other people are coming in. And I'm like, my goodness, we're going to win. <laughs> That's what I feel. Because when the help comes, sometimes you're just like, I don't know if we're going to win. I don't know if we're going to win. I just asked a friend in the lobby, you winning? Yes, we're winning. Good. Because when we're surrounded, you feel like you're going to win. And, and the truth is, when we have the Holy Spirit operate inside of us, me and you and you, and we come together in unity, guess what? We already won. We already won. Unified does not mean uniform. We've heard this over and over again. Again, you might like different music than me. You might dress different than me. You might like different coffee than me. You might. Well, listen, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about we on track for kingdom's sake or not. Listen, real quick. Stand with me, please. I'm going to hit this real quick. Hang on tight. Bear with me. It says, suddenly, suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. I mean, if you just read that, it starts getting scary. Because a lot of you have lived through a hurricane know what it's like to see your two-by-fours in your house swell. Like, my goodness, this is, this is bigger than us. That was just with Hurricane Andrew. This is a different kind of hurricane. This is a hurricane of love and of Holy Spirit power, and it will change everything. Some of you think Andrew changed everything. No, it just changed some building code. Maybe changed your life, but the Holy Spirit will come in and change everything. Now, I'm not talking just about information today. I'm talking about transformation in your life. It says in verse 3, then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. Everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. I mentioned this earlier, but for some of you, that's just so strange. And I'm like, why is this so strange? Out of, out of all the things in the Bible, <laughs> Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are standing in the fire multiple times hotter and they don't burn up, right? Peter walks on water, right? Simon Peter walks out of jail all locked up. Jesus walks on water, calms the storm. All these amazing stories over and over again. David stands up in, in, a, in a, a situation that seems this is impossible. There's a giant standing in front of me and takes him out with a rock. He's the only one that believed in the power of God inside of him, right? This, this, all of this happened, and we pick on this to go, mm, I don't know. <laughs> mm. The empowerment here isn't necessarily about tongues. It's just an evidence. Not the only evidence. It is a evidence. Some of you have that gift. Praise God. Some of you want that gift. Praise God. Go after it. Get it. 
says at that time there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers and they were completely amazed. How can this be? They explained, these people are from Galilee, local region, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native language. And he goes on and he lists all the languages. Skip down to verse 12 with me. Abel says, there. They stood amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But in the crowds, they ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk, that's all. This is just the beginning. <laughs> the world wants to dismiss the ways of God because they, they don't understand them. And, and again, I said earlier, when you don't understand something, you typically don't want to receive it, unless it's a large gift of money. No, you shouldn't. Okay, thank you. <laughs> right? <laughs> they try to explain things away that they don't know. It's going to happen more and more as God begins to do things that are going to blow our, our minds. Not just here, all around the world. It's happening. It's happening. And we were like, yeah, but have you thought about this as to why this is going to happen? And all the, they just begin to try to explain it away. They, they don't, they can't, you can't. And the truth is, I don't care about that negativity so much. I just care about, am I going to live in obedience or not? Am I going to do that? Am I going to? Am I going to live with the power of the Holy Spirit? Because without him, I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I'm not enough at work. I'm not enough in traffic. I'm not enough at the, at the grocery store. I'm not enough at the gas station. I'm not, a, I'm not enough by myself when I'm sitting in front of my computer. If I have the power of the Holy Spirit, the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and I mean my character wanes, but, but with him I can stand up with a spiritual backbone and live like I'm supposed to. We're human. We're not meant to just live with human power, church. We're meant to live with Holy Spirit power. Thank you for tuning in to today's message. You can also watch this message on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash LifePointChurchHomestead. We hope you have a blessed week.